Welcome to Craft Conversations, where I craft a conversation and I talk a little bit about craft beer. I am your host, Brian Dales, and on this episode we have Mark Yampolsky of 40 Mile Detour. He comes in to talk about his upcoming show at Studio 117 there at Homegrown Brewhouse, 117 South Main Street. And then he also uh, wanted to promote his new CD that they have coming out on August 23rd. Uh, what's the name of the CD? Hold on. Uh, 40 Mile Detour, Ain't No Devil is the name of the CD. We also talk about uh, the singer-songwriter cruise that he's gone on for many years, his day job, and so many other things. Please enjoy this episode. Song. 
think everything is rolling. I got everything on. The camera's on. Audacity's on. We are rolling. How you doing, Mark? Good, good. Good, Brian. Thank you, man. Good to see you, man. We're a little early. Because <laughs> you decided to, to speed over here. You should have got a ticket or something, I'm sure, as fast as you made it. But, well, you know, 61's a straight shot from West Ashley to... <clears throat> That's the only way I go, really. I mean, everybody talks about the interstate and how much better it is. But I love 61, just the views on it. I never have a problem traffic-wise. You know, you think you would with a two-lane road, you know, going against each other, but I've never encountered an accident, wildlife, a road closure, flooding, anything on that road. I've always had a good time on it. Those 18-wheelers coming at you, though. That's true. That could be a little crazy. That's a little crazy, especially depend, you know, depending on the size car that you have. <laughs> exactly. You know, but We used to motorcycle up and down that road. Really? Yeah early in the morning. Beautiful road, though. Yeah, it's fantastic. I don't think they'll... Do you think they'll ever do anything with it? You know, expand it or anything like that? I don't know. It looks kind of swampy over there on the left and the right. And it's those, hopefully not. Those critters need some room to live back there. Yeah. I, I don't see them ever... You know, I see them maybe making a bypass road to go around or something, but I don't I don't see them ever expanding that road, really. Yeah, hope not. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming over. I know we had this thing scheduled for last night, but I'm, I'm telling you... Um, well, I, I'll say this. At the time that we talked on the phone, it was, Coming do, down. do not come over here. Yeah, this place is flooded out. Um, power's out all over the place. I, I saw two lightning strikes, the closest lightning strikes I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, I'm almost 47 years old. And I was sitting at the coffee shop up here on Trolley Road, Bigley Coffee, uh-huh. and um, on my computer doing some stuff. And all of a sudden, you hear this crack, and I look out the window, the you know, widest piece of, of light I've ever seen. It hit a, a power line in a tree on the other side of the road. So it was probably 50 yards away. The brightest, loudest piece of lightning I've ever seen in my life. It was scary. I mean, the entire place jumped and everybody was just looking out the window, seeing if there was a, a giant fire or if anybody was injured or cars were wrecked or whatever. But it was scary. And then I left from there and I went to Lowe's Foods uh, right down the road there in Oak Brook. I was sitting in the parking lot waiting to get out the car because it was just torrential downpour. Down. Uh, sleep, or not sleep, hail was coming down. Uh, winds were 60 miles an hour. And another lightning strike came down and hit an electronic billboard that was sitting right there, again, probably 40, 50 yards away from me, and knocked the billboard out. I mean, it was you know Man. bright, had advertisements going. As soon as the lightning hit it, it just went dark. It went blank. Sure. And um, well, yeah, so twice in one day. Well, where are you going tonight? So we're going over to. <laughs> right. I don't think there's any thunderstorms <laughs> in the uh, forecast for tonight, but yeah. Um, That's good to know. It was close. <laughs> so luckily I was in uh, God's good graces, I guess. So sweet. Wasn't my time to go. But um, yeah, so we rescheduled. So here we are today. And again, I appreciate you coming over. You can sure. get your shirt on, man. You're all decked out. I got all the 40 miles. We got all the there. advertising going on for sure. I appreciate you bringing the stickers, the coaster. Yeah. People so, love those coasters. Yeah, they're good. Uh, we've got a bunch of them at work at home, as a matter of fact, laying around somewhere that we use occasionally. Nice. Yeah. So, let's just go right into it. Uh, you mentioned it while you were sitting on the couch over here while we were setting up. Um, you're probably going to be coming out this way, right? To Somerville. Yeah, yeah. We're you're in West Ashley. I live in West Ashley now, and uh, my wife, Ellen, and I just love Somerville and the whole... Let's pull that mic in a little closer. Little uh, community vibe going on here in Somerville, and really like it. So, anybody wants a house West Ashley, we've got a really nice one for sale if you're interested. Right. But we're uh, yeah, we're trying to move out here to Somerville up uh, uh, 
try to get a little more community feel situation. Okay. Yeah. How long have you been out in West Ashley? Uh, about 32 years. Really? Yeah. Where'd you come from? Uh, I moved down here from Baltimore to Maryland. That's where you're from originally? Uh, originally New Jersey. Wow. Went to school in Baltimore. Actually, Columbia, we moved down here from uh, Columbia, Maryland, actually. My wife, Ellen's from West Ashley. Okay. Yeah. So you, don't so you meet, met her down here? Met her in Maryland, University of Maryland. You're all over the place. Yeah, man. Well, you don't meet, <laughs> you don't meet many uh, uh, original uh, Charleston settlers anymore. You know. That's true. You know, I came back about four, I guess five years ago now. Yeah, it's, it's, there's nobody original. Everybody's a transplant of some sort. I'm originally from North Charleston. Okay. But, um, well, we meet people and, you know, introduce them and, um, you know, nobody believes that she's really from here. Really? Yeah. Um, does she have an accent? I haven't really talked to her much. Um, I don't know if she had, I don't know. After this long, I just don't hear it. Right. Or anything much, but anyway. <laughs> How, <laughs> How long have you been married? How long? Oh, man. Just celebrated 36. Damn. Yeah. Ellen's a very patient lady. Hey, Ellen. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. That's fantastic. You don't see that much often anymore either. Well, I haven't. Yeah. She's, uh, Ellen's a very patient lady. Good. Yeah. So, so that's going to be in the next scenario? Is that where you're trying to go? Yeah, looking up there, next in Cane Bay, somewhere on that side of the world. Okay. And we'll get into it. I know you work over there in West Ashley right now, but you, um, you're you trying to open up an office over on this side of town, which will coincide with your move. Yeah. So are you going to give up what you're doing over there in West Ashley, or that's well, going to be a satellite office over there for you? No, yeah, we're going to have two locations. We're going to keep the West Ashley location going and uh, have a second location in uh, in. Uh, Actually, next in uh, Square. Okay. I, I'll be able to eat a taco boy every day. Right. Yeah. yeah, so you're one of the guys contributing to the growth over there, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And pulling it all out of downtown Somerville over to across the bridge. Well, you know, that's where the people seem to be moving over there. It is, yeah. Some good opportunities for businesses and stuff over there. But. Yeah, it's becoming its new... But, you know, we love the downtown area. That I mean, that's what really attracted us to... Come and look up in Somerville. You know, Hutchinson Square, homegrown brew house. Right. You know, all that stuff there. And, you know, it's one area of uh, this, you know, low country where you can go and, you know, seriously have a, like a community feeling to it. Yeah. You know, eat some food out on the sidewalk, you know, that, like that kind of stuff. And sure. All those places down in Hutchinson. I mean, they've done a great job down there, too. I think so. You know, there was a lot of uh, grumbling about it and all the money they were spending on it. But I, th I think it's going to be, um, they're going to get their money back out of it more, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, from what I've seen so far, you know, since it's open, because, I, you know, obviously I'm right there looking at it every single time that I work. And I've seen the growth and I've seen the, uh, the excess people that are now flocking there and, and the families that are having fun and frolicking out in the yeah. grass and the, and the open spaces and the... The music at the amphitheater, I mean, it's just, it's fantastic for the town, I think. And yeah. I, I think it was money well spent. Well, we're going to, 40 Mile Detour, we're going to do some um, some of the third Thursday events out there. Yeah. And um, Sweet Tea Festival also. Very nice. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. Well, but, on the main stage there, the main, the, yeah. the new amphitheater. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, West Ashley, you, there's, I don't really think there's anything like that in West Ashley. You know, there's some central hubs like, Avondale, you know, is one part of town where there's a lot of places to eat and go hang out at, but not 
kind of like that same <clears throat> wear situation. Right. Yeah, you have to be kind of inside, off the street type thing. But yeah. It is not really a hangout spot in the, in the central part of Avondale, but it's, it's still somewhere. Unless you like Savannah Highway. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and there's some stuff closer out, right, toward uh, Folly Beach, maybe. Isn't there an amphitheater of some sort out there at some farmer's market, or am I thinking of something else? Um, I'm not sure. No? Yeah, sure. I'm not sure either. But I know there's something out there, music-wise. But And then you got... Um, just trying to think of some venues out there. I don't know why, but um, matter of fact, we got Blue Spear playing Sunday at uh, Under the Oaks, I guess. At the oh yeah, the Tattooed Moose. Yeah. Have you played out there before? Yeah, yeah, that's a great scene out there on a Sunday afternoon. I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm gonna do it this Sunday. Though. Oh, you'll like it. Yeah, you'll like it. As long as the weather holds on. Yeah, you know, well, it's summer. It's gonna. We're living in the tropics. It's gonna. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that, that's a fun scene out there at Tattooed Moose on Sunday afternoon. Just like you're talking about Hutchinson Square families, dogs running around and stuff, that's what it'll be like. Right. So I should bring a, like a blanket or a chair. They have seating out there, do you know? Well, they have benches and regular seating if people ordering food and stuff, you know. But yeah, bring a chair, bring a blanket out there and your dog and the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool scene out there. We, we've done a bunch of those, um, like uh, they do oyster roasts and stuff during the winter. Okay. On Sunday afternoon. Right. Well, before we get too much further, this is a show still kind of loosely about uh, craft beer and about craft conversations. So let's open something to drink, man. Sweet. I know you had mentioned uh, maybe a cider or something. We normally don't do ciders on this show, but (laughs) I found one. Well, I'm just a a rule breaker. Right. I found one that says IPA. It's a a hard cider IPA. It's called uh, India Pressed Apple. Yeah, and I think that stuff is made in North Carolina, isn't it? Bold Rock? I don't know. We're going to find out. I've right. it up here on Untapped, so we'll talk about it real briefly, yeah. and then we'll kind of jump back into uh, our conversation. Sweet. So this is for you. Just a rebel when it comes to uh, adult beverages. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Yes, sir. There's maybe a little bit left in there, so let's see what this guy is here. Let me pull this up real quick. So, India Pressed Apple, I thought it was kind of funny that it said IPA on it. Bold Rock uh, Hard Cider, it's uh, 4.7% ABV or alcohol by volume. Uh, West Coast style dry hop cider featuring Aranum hops, uh, citra hops. That's my favorite kind. Is it? (laughs) Never seen that word before. Another rule breaker. Yeah. Compliments the uh, bite of local Granny Smith apples. So, North Carolina. Well, we're going to look that up too here. Let's see. Bold Rock. Actually, it's Virginia. Uh, Nellysford, Virginia. Um, the cidery. Just north there. of North Carolina. Yeah. That's good. Sounds good. I'm not a big cider drinker, but I might uh, you know, put one in my fridge. I'm going to let you take the rest of those home. Oh, okay. Forward. And I'll put one in, one in my fridge and I'll try it out. Just Sounds so good. Try Sounds it. good. Uh, I'm going to drink a Park Circle Kale Ale. Which is from a common common works or common house ale works down the Park Circle. Oh, that's an awesome place. Fantastic spot. I know you played over there. Yeah, yeah. At least once, right? Pearson, the crew, good people over there. Yeah. So I've had this many, many times. I've not had it out of a can yet, but I'm sure it's just as fantastic as on draft. It's a 5.5% ABV. Put these here so maybe people can see them on the camera. And here's to you. Cheers, Mark. I appreciate you coming in. Thank you. It's been a long time coming. Appreciate it. 
You're going to like it. Is it good? Yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to it. I've got another not quite one as here. sweet maybe, as some of the trade up or something. It's not. Um, it's not quite as sweet as some of the. That's a problem with the ciders sometimes. Right. You know this some of those. One, um, right? You know commercial ones that you know you hear about all the time. Yeah. Can be really super sweet. That's not like that. Yeah. Well, it says dry hops, so that's uh, probably kind of balances it out with those hops that they put in there. So they have a blue. It's blackberry cider. Yeah. It's really good. And that's what I wasn't sure about. You know, I was looking at the shelves and I saw some pineapples and blackberries and apples and tangerines. And I'm like, I don't know what. You might not like certain fruits or whatever. So I just tried to stick with the classic apple because I, I wasn't quite sure. But. Yeah, good choice. So hopefully it works. Nice, thank you. Um, let's go back around real quick, if you don't mind. I don't know if you want to talk about this at all or not, but your musician is not your day job, right? It's not. It's not. So what is... I think about it all day long. Though. Right. You want it to be your day job, right? <laughs> Or maybe not. I well, don't know. What, whatever I'm doing with it, I'm having a good time. Right. So what is the day job? I'm a, you don't mind. Uh, not at all. I'm a periodontist. Okay. I have a, a practice in West Ashley and building one here in Somerville. Right. How'd you get started in that? Or what got you interested? My dad was a... Uh, actually, he played a pretty mean blues uh, piano, actually. Okay. <clears throat> dad was a dentist, and I just, you know, grew up with it, and... You know, looked like a decent thing to do. Mm-hmm. I, I had actually considered music as a career right out of high school, uh, but uh, you know, you go you go from the uh, being a big fish in a little pond to a <clears throat> excuse me, little fish in a big pond. That's sometimes an eye opener. Mm-hmm. And you said you went to school in Maryland, University of Maryland, College okay. Park. Go Terps, right? <laughs> How are they going to do this year? Do you follow no, college football no or any, any sports? I don't know how they've done since 19-something. Okay, so <laughs> don't, you don't keep up with it. Well, you know, yeah. they had some rough times. Yeah. Yeah. I sold hot dogs at the games. Okay, that's what I did. Right. Very cool. Uh-huh. So how long have you been doing? You have your own practice? I mean, I guess it's your own business? Yeah. Are you partnered with somebody else? Yeah, or? I have my own, my own business. Um, we just celebrated July 1st, 30 years in practice. Everything's thirty in the thirties with you. I know, I know. Yeah. yeah, I wonder what else is going to be. But <laughs> yeah, yeah th- uh, we opened the practice in nineteen eighty nine. Okay, July of nineteen eighty nine, and uh, it was right before Hurricane Hugo. Yep. You know, so my first welcome to South Carolina was uh, opening a business in Hurricane Hugo coming at you. Yeah. Did you get affected at all, well, business wise? Not really. Uh, you know, the we were in West Ashley, so you know everyone had a little bit of roof damage in West Ashley. But the thing was not, you know, the physical plant that was the problem. It just everybody was doing other stuff. You know, it was everyone was distracted putting their lives back together after Hurricane Hugo. So yeah. even though I guess the office was okay to work in, but people weren't much doing anything other than. You know, all the chainsaw. Were you, were you here? I was here. Okay. Yeah, yeah we were right here in Somerville. Just, you know, chainsaws going and trying to figure out how to live without electricity for a little while and yeah. bottled water and all that kind of stuff, you know. So it was probably, we were probably closed down maybe six weeks or so until okay. really enough uh, people were coming back into town. Remember, I mean, in West Ashley, I think it was a month that the electricity was off. Or, I mean, it seems like that. Yeah, it was at least at least two weeks here for sure at my house. Anyway, my parents' house. But. Yeah, I mean, we weren't, you know, ground zero or anything, but 
it was uh, definitely. Yeah, you're definitely a lot closer to the, to the water changer. than we are. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I do in Paradise. And, uh, yeah. I enjoy that. Get to meet a lot of cool people. So still, to this day, I mean, 30 years later, you still like it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I guess so. You're opening a second business, though. Yeah, well, you know, we we see the growth out here in Somerville, you know, and uh, uh, and we just love this town. We want to be part of it. Yeah. That's why we're up here. Well, good. I'm sure they're going to be glad to have you over here. We'll do our best. Yeah. So, so you said you dabbled in in music, high school. You said a little bit. Yeah, I played. I played um, uh, band instruments. I I played guitar. You know, I was always a guitar player, Brian. Okay. And uh, when I went from junior high to high school, the cool thing to play in in high school was the stage band. You know, the jazz band. Mm-hmm. You know, they played all that. Uh, Maynard Ferguson and, you know, the stage band, jazz band music, horns, stuff like yeah. that. Were you in the band? Well, that's the story. Okay. Is that I, what, I didn't play a band instrument. I just played guitar, you know, in the garage band or whatever. Yeah, I was in the garage band. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the music director when I went to high school. The way it was up there in Jersey was, I think, high school was um, 10, 11, and 12. I think, yeah, in junior high was seven, eight, nine. Okay. So they went to high school, and I, I, I told the band director, I want to I wanna try out for guitar for the stage band. <clears throat> and there were other people that wanted to try out, of course, and, and the only way he would let me try out, Brian, was if I also played a band instrument. In other words, he wanted me to be in the marching band right. in order to kind of qualify to try out for the stage band. But I didn't... <laughs> I didn't play a band instrument, you know, so he said, well, you need to, you've, you've got the summer, you can learn a band instrument. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I said, okay, which one? What, what do you want me to take? So he sent me home with a bassoon and a tuba. Right. To figure it out. <laughs> I, bassoon is, it's not the most popular instrument in the world. Yeah. Bassoon is like a giant oboe. Right, and I'm trying to picture it, but yeah, it just makes it's it a, just long. Right? It makes just... a weird big thing like that. Yeah, and like the oboe, it's a double reeded instrument. You know, it's it's a little unusual in the orchestra. Does that make it tougher to play with the double reed or versus single? I, I don't know the difference. Apparently, but... yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. A double reeded instrument is is is. Uh, I guess sorry for you oboe players out there. It's probably easy, but anyway. Yeah. For someone who'd never played a band instrument, that was ridiculous, you know. So I tried it, couldn't make a sound out of it. Tuba, I figured the tuba, well, I was in the marching band. You could most of the time just carry the thing and get away with it. Yeah. And that's what I ended up doing. So I got, actually learned how to play the tuba. Sousaphone and marching band, tuba and concert band. And there's no, no read in the tuba, right? There's what? There's no read in no, the tuba. No, it's a mouthpiece. Okay. That's like as big I'm as I'm totally ignorant. No, the mouthpiece is as big as a uh, coffee cup. Okay, you can't not blow air into a tube of mouthpiece. Right. Uh, and so I figured I I could learn enough to play it in the marching band and you know carry it. I was you know strong enough to carry it, the thing. Yeah. And so I qualified. But but interestingly, what happened was I really enjoyed it, and I went from there and I learned um, a flute, which I really enjoyed playing the flute. And then I learned some piano and uh, trombone. 
you know, so I learned all those band instruments right. because of all that experience. You know, yeah, so it's a good thing that he pushed you into that. Yeah, right? and by the way, I did get into the stage band. Otherwise, nice. I probably would have quit the tuba altogether, but I made it into yeah. that, which was kind of really a cool thing to be in. And uh, I just enjoyed those instruments. And, um, you know, then I got to be in the band and hung out with band people, the band homeroom and all that. It was really a great experience. And I admired the music teacher, the band instructor. So I had this idea that I wanted a high school, I wanted to be a high school music teacher, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, kind of set out on that. And, uh, but, you know, you have to, to get into a, a program you know, at a school like University of Maryland, you have to audition and, you know, you really have to be good at it, not just want to do it. So right. I wasn't to that point yet. But I mean, high school, probably not so much, right? I mean, you could get in high school easier than uh, getting into the college program. Yeah. As well, far as teaching. Well, I mean, but to, to, to get into a program, to get accepted, to to be in the band and, and get into a music program. Okay. Yeah. You have to be proficient at some kind of band instrument. Right. You know, and I, I was, you know, I was, I did okay in the high school band. Right. But then when you go up to, you know, the next level, it's a different situation. Yeah. You know, you're meeting people that really know how to play the tuba, not just carry it around. Yeah. <laughs> right. Pull that mic in just, I'm sorry, just a little, like, kind of like I a fist from your face. Yeah, I'm just right. kind of watching the levels a little bit. It's and, like a tuba uh, mouthpiece here. Yeah. Better? Ooh. There you go. Professional. Yeah. That but anyway, like so that's, yeah, that's kind of how I, but I played, you know, I played guitar and bands all, nice. all the time. So, so with you doing all that, you know, they pushed you into the, to learning an instrument or various instruments, it sounds like. Did, did you still keep up with your guitar playing? And I mean, were you trying to balance both things or did you kind of give up the guitar for a little while and do the whole band thing? Yeah, no, I played in, I, I kept up with the guitar. I had bands just like everyone does in high school. And I played on the, in the weekend in wedding bands. Okay. You know, I learned how to, you know, I knew how to read charts and music and all that. So I belonged to like this company, music company, where they did, you know, weddings and events like that. Mm-hmm. So you would go to these different places on the weekend and they... They'd say, okay, this weekend you're playing here at this club for this wedding reception with XYZ. Here's the charts. Go do it. Yeah. That's what I did on the weekends. Okay. Did you start off knowing how to read music? I mean, or did that happen when you got involved with the band? I mean, no. were you just played by ear to begin with? No, what? no. That's, yeah, that's a good question. That's a, a really good question. I, I, um, right from the start, I took guitar lessons. I had a, I had a, uh, uncle who was in the music business up in New Jersey and uh, you know he played clubs and a really pretty well-known piano player up there and so he knew some people and he found me a teacher there was this guy his name was Mickey Vest and Mickey was a um, uh, like a guitar player who played in all the pit orchestras and stuff in New York he was a legitimate guitar player and he took a few students on kind enough to take me on because of the relationship I had with this uncle of mine. Mm-hmm. And he was a very, it was very formal guitar education. I mean, you really learned how to read music. I mean, we, we, um, we, the, the books that I was learning to sight read from were like violin books, basically. And there's a lot of notes in those things, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I learned how to read music and the jazz chords and structures like that right from the beginning. And I, and I think that was really 
big for me to continue on playing the guitar, you know, like I do now. Sure. And, you know, of course, and that was why I was able to get into the stage band there, because I could read all those chords. Yeah. Yeah, so I learned how to read music in a really... He, Mickey Vest, you know, was... He was a, a really um, strict teacher in a good way. You know, you had a lesson, okay? It wasn't like you went in there and said, I want to learn how to play, you know, Smoke on the Water or something, and he would show you. It wasn't like that at all. You had strict lessons and and an assignment, and you had to learn this stuff. If he came the next week and you open up the books and play the lessons, and he could sense, of course, he could immediately know whether you'd practice that stuff or not, yeah. he'd get up and leave. That would be your lesson. Hmm. Until you master this lesson, right. we're not going on. Yeah. And that happened, you know, on an occasion or two. Yeah. Which is probably a good way to do it, right? I mean, it kind of it kind of pisses you off in a little in a little bit of a way, but it also kind of embarrasses you in a, in a little bit of a way as well. And it makes you go back and try harder to learn the lesson and come back the next week. Yeah. And please the instructor, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it was, even back <clears throat> then, I, I, I recognized that having him available as a teacher was an opportunity you know, that I, that I could um, take advantage of. Could have done some more probably, but anyway. But yeah. to answer your question, no, I learned how to read music right from the beginning, right. you know, which, which I think is a really uh, uh, good, solid foundation. Right. Now, can you do both? I mean, I'm not a musician. I talk to a lot of musicians, but um, I don't know everything about it. Can you do both? Can you, can you read music and play by ear? I mean, is that kind of a, a balancing or is it one or the other? No, well, I think I, I think the you know the I can't speak for anyone else. Hey, look, I know there's some awesome musicians, obviously, that have never taken a lesson. You know, so right. I can only speak for myself, and that <clears throat> I feel that the the things I learned in that formal way, chords and chord structure and um, um, scales and all that, is whatever I'm able to do now is because of that. Right. But I mean, wouldn't you know, like if you go sit in and jam with somebody, somebody says, hey, Mark, come up here and play with us. You can just kind of feel and, and get into the groove and play their music by ear. Or do you have to have something in front of you that's showing you what they want you to play? No, I could, it depends on the music. I right. mean, like this stuff that I'm talking about at the wedding <clears throat> bands and those kind of things. That's you can't really play that stuff by ear. Those are jazz standards that you're playing. You, know, you go to weddings, you're going to hear the same 30 songs at every wedding you go to, even back then. Yeah. But yeah, if you're at a jam session and you know people are playing tunes that you're vaguely familiar with or whatever, yeah, most people are able to just kind of pick it right up. Right. I mean, I see a lot of times, you know, I hang out with Fleming and, and all these guys doing jams and open mics and whatever, and a lot of people just they'll just call out a key, right? Like yeah. we're going to be in the key of B or B to C or D uh -huh. or whatever, and that's pretty much all you need to know, really. Yeah. Well, and that gives you uh, so they tell you what key the song is in, and that kind of restricts the number of chords that you're going to. You're playing the key yeah. of G. Well, you're for folk music. You're likely to be playing these X number of chords. Okay. Right. Like I said, it's I, a I look like I play music. So I got drum yeah, set. I, I got a guitar here, but you're I don't play either on, one of them. It's you're just get on that thing. My plan was to do it, but I haven't done it yet. I, I so. want to hear the solo from uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Come together. You know. All right, I'll work on it. But um, you know, everything you do is just another building block. So you know, I don't know whether if I hadn't had those lessons or not, whether I would be able to do that stuff that you're talking about. Right. But um, you know, the other thing is watching what the other guys are doing. You know, yeah. watch their hands. Yeah, I see that a lot too. When I when I, when I watch them play, you know, when I'm at home growing or wherever, I 
I see him just kind of piecing it together, and they say, okay, this is where he's going, this is yeah. where she's going, whatever. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's music. Nobody yeah. gets hurt. Right. That's that's a good point. Yeah. It's cider. Nobody gets hurt. That's a good point as well. Yeah. So, since we're talking about music, um, <coughs> and I know we, you know, you're 40 Mile Detour, that's what we're here to promote, but what's the progression? I mean, how did you get from, from the band and playing garage bands, playing wedding music? Where did that go from there? Did you did you start a band somewhere else? Was there other in, in, inclination or not inclinations? Um, other aspects of bands before this thing happened? I mean, um, pretty much after. <clears throat> pardon me. I, I played uh, in college. I played some coffee houses and things like that. We had a uh, we had a little duo there in, at, up at University of Maryland. We were called Bob and Mark. Okay. Interestingly, his name was Bob. The other guy. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. Bob could sing. Yeah, but yeah. <clears throat> pardon me. So we did coffee houses and stuff like that. But you know, at that point in my life, it was mostly studying. You know, what I was really doing. You know, and then through dental school, I didn't really do a whole lot. <clears throat> pardon me. I've kept up with the. Um, you know, I've played guitar almost. You know, my whole life, pretty much. And then, then. What happened was, and I just started playing guitar, one night, this was back in 2008, something like that, maybe 2009, 2008, something like that, a guy that I know from around town, this is funny, this is, I think it's funny, called me up on the phone one night, and, and it was like a Friday or Saturday night, and he said, hey, Mark, you play guitar, don't you? You know, just somebody I know from around town. Right. And he said, um, um, I said, yeah, yeah, sure. And I played guitar. He goes, well, <laughs> our guitar player can't make it out tonight. Can you come play in our band tonight? Mm-hmm. I guess he thought I played in bands and stuff like that. I really didn't at that time. I just, you know, I had a guitar in the yeah, house. Yeah, you and Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bob, sadly, Bob passed away. But, you know, oh, that's after sorry. After college, but anyway. So yeah. Mark's here, though. though. Carry it on. Right. Um, so this guy called me, and he says... Uh, our guitar player is, at, he didn't know anything really about me, just knew me from around town. Can you come out and play? And I'm like, without even thinking, I'm, yeah, hell yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'm there, you know. It was a uh, country band. They're still playing around, Mason Dixon band. Okay. Mason Dixon band. And uh, um, so <laughs> I ended up playing with those guys for like three or four years. I played guitar, rhythm guitar and mandolin. Alright, so it was a good thing then. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And that kind of got my got me started again playing out. And then um, uh, that was kind of how I got back into music at this point in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so was that the name of their band then? The Mason Dixon band? Yeah, it still is. Yeah. yeah. They play around. Okay. You know, they're, a, they're a, like a um, uh, cool guy, super cool guy. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh Country cover band, you know, Southern rock, stuff like that. Right. Now, and you classify yourself as Americana music, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. So what happened after... At this point. Yeah, so what happened after that was... Um, I guess my question for what that statement is, have you always been into Americana, country, folk? Yeah, you know... Because I know some people, you know, they do some stuff now, and before they were in a screamo band or something, now they're yeah. doing I was something a, totally different. I was in a wedding band before. Right. <laughs> um, so it's been the same, similar progression all the way up. You know, the, the stuff I listened to growing up was um, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. 
mm -hmm. you know, that kind of music. Um, uh, Jackson Brown, James Taylor, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Marshall Tucker, that kind of music. Okay. You know, uh, Pure Prairie, love Pure Prairie. Never heard of that one. Yeah, that's, um, uh, yeah, just back in the day, Poco, Eagles, that kind of music. Okay. Definitely more on the folky side of things. Right. All right. So where do we go from there after uh, Mason Dixon? So, so Ellen, um, I, um, uh, one thing I enjoy doing hobby wise and kind of another passion I have, I like road cycling. Okay. So we used to do these trips. That was, that was one of my notes here. Motorcycles. Well, not motorcycles. Okay. Cycling. Like bicycle. Bicycling. Okay. Pedaling. Yeah. Le leg power. Um, so we, we did some, um, cycling trips up in the Pacific Northwest, Crater Lake and that kind of stuff up there where there's hills, you know, not just a bridge, but hills. Where is that? Is that Crater Lake near Washington or something? Or Oregon. Oregon? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful up there. Okay. And, uh, we've been to, uh, uh, Glacier National Park, also Mount Rainier, stuff like that, cycling. Mm -hmm. That's my thing, not Ellen. So I took, we went on a trip and, uh, you know, the payback was she got to choose something that we could do. And she found this um, uh, festival called Kayamo, C-A-Y-A-M-O. Kayamo is a um, music festival at sea. It's like on a cruise ship, right. one of these rock boat things. I think that's one of my notes as well. Yeah, yeah. So she took songwriter me. cruise or something like yes. that. Right? Yeah. Yes, yes. And and she took me like the first year we went. Uh, we're getting ready to go this coming February for our twelfth year in a row. Very nice. Yeah. So she took me on this thing the first year. I didn't really know much about the music, you know, most of the people that are on it kind of fly under the radar and, and like that. Headliners though, great headliners, Indigo Girls were headliners that year, Lyle Lovett, people like that. Yeah, Sean nice. Mullins is the main guy on the ship. But, but I got, I went on this thing, Brian, and I got exposed to some, in, some music that I'd never heard before. You know, for example, there's this uh, Nashville songwriter monster guitar player, Daryl Scott, his name is. Daryl's a hit writer, you know. Um, um, he, amazing songwriter, amazing guitar player, phenomenal guitar player. Check him out, Daryl Scott, D-A-R-R-E-L-L. Yes, Scott. I'll, I'll put some notes down eventually here. Okay. Look up a lot of stuff. Yeah, and just as an aside, I'm bringing a friend uh, um, in October, October 19th, a friend of mine, uh, named Sarah Trunzo from Nashville, who actually I met at a weekend uh, song retreat with Daryl Scott up in Nashville several years ago. And um, she's burning up the Americana world right now. You know, and actually this guy, Daryl Scott, definitely check his stuff out. I know you've heard some of it before. Okay. Um, he's written some of Travis Tritt's hits and stuff like that. Um, actually appears on her CD. She's going to come do um, uh, Studio 117 on October 19th. Okay. That's probably why I've heard it then. Yeah, yeah I got that got yeah. on, my, on my list. Yeah. yeah. I think she's going to support Danielle out there on that night. Okay. Anyway, so this is how things connect, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so um, 
And I just, I got so inspired by some of the stuff that I heard heard there that I thought, wow, you know, there's some really good stuff going out here. I want to learn more about it. And I started writing back then. You know, I'd done a little writing before then, but I just kind of connected with some of these folks and went down to Nashville and did some seminars, not seminars, but some weekend retreats and co-writes and stuff like that. And it really jump-started my writing uh, um, uh, stuff that I did yeah. because of that cruise. And then we've continued to go on since then. And this was pre-40 Mile or the cruise stuff? The cruise was, the, the first cruise, yeah, going on our 12th was pre-40 Mile Detour. Okay. So what happened was I started writing because of that inspiration. And then several years later, with this, the songs that I had accumulated, I, I uh, put together a CD, uh, and it was uh, it was uh, produced by Jay Clifford of Jump Little Children downtown. Oh, very nice. Yeah, Jay did a phenomenal. I remember those guys back in the yeah. 90s. super cool guy. Jay's a great. Now he does mostly, Jump Little Children's kind of gotten together a little bit. They've done some stuff around, but he mostly a producer. Yeah. And um, he, I brought him the songs, and someone had introduced us, you know, that's how it goes. And I uh, brought him the songs, and he, he liked those that I brought, and he, he, he produced a CD. And I just had this 40-mile detour idea, kind of a, I can tell you where that came from, but we just called the CD 40-mile detour. Okay. That was the title of the CD. There were four tunes on it. I guess you called it an EP. Yeah. There were four tunes on it. And we just titled it 40-mile detour. And um, um, uh, that's kind of where it all started from there. So then when I started the band, I decided to call it 40 Mile Detour. Right. And it stuck. Yeah. Yeah, I got too much stuff with it printed on it now. Excuse me. Yeah, right. How long ago was that now? So you said 12 years, 11 years? Uh, The CD, I think, was 2010. Okay. Something like that. It's called 40 Mile Detour. It's still... On the uh, interweb, there you can still find it on iTunes. Yeah. What are the four tracks on it? Do you remember? One track is called uh, Nashville, which we still play. Uh, there's a tune called Too Few Lucky Dice, which we still play. Uh, the other tune is um, 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 Can I See. Anyway, the third tune is called Boots. And, uh, dang it, I can't remember the name of the fourth tune. That's right. I didn't mean to stop. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, I got Maybe Next Time. Okay. But uh, it all started with the song Boots. That's how it all started. Yeah. yeah that was it. Right. And you still play that one, too? No. <laughs> you, don't, you don't go back to the one you started with. Then. Well, it, 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 you know, some songs have, that is crazy, I know, but, you know, some songs just have, a place where they belong, mm-hmm. you know, and that one just belongs just a different time. Different, different time. Yeah. yeah, I love boots though. It, uh, it, the song boots, which is really what that CD, that EP is all about, really came from one of these cycling trips that I went on. We were out on a trip on the uh, up at uh, Crater Lake, mm-hmm. Brian, and the and the. The place that we were staying for the evening. This is up in the mountains. You know, we're lowlanders here. We don't know how to oh, yeah. ride on hills. Yeah. 
Anyway, tough day of riding in saddle, and uh, the place we were staying at for the evening was a, a bed and breakfast, actually, no, a little national park lodge, Lake McDonald, somewhere, somewhere in northern Montana. It was 20 miles from the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. So after riding X number of hard miles already, I thought it was a cute idea. Well, after dinner, I'm going to get on my bike and just ride up and see what the border looks like, which was 20 miles away. Yeah. And um, 20 miles there and 20 miles back is right. 40 miles. And just, it was just really an inspirational thing for me. And um, I, if you listen to the song Boots, you, you can hear, I think, I hope you can hear some of the Montana Rockies kind of, uh, kind of uh, skyline in there. And, you know. So is, it, is that the name then? I mean, 40 mile, that's a 40 mile detour that you took back and forth, maybe? Well, that's. Yeah, that's how I came to the name 40 Mile Detour. Yeah. Awesome. Because on that 40 Mile Detour came the inspiration to write this song, Boots. Yeah. Which was, got this CD going, got Jay Clifford interested in the thing, and then that, that's all. Yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, yeah, but listen to the song. I, I love that song, but it it's not really a 40 Mile Detour song to play. Yeah. Will you ever play it again? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I do all the time at home. Okay. <laughs> I got you. So, all right, so let's go from there. I mean, what's what's the next evolution? I mean, did, did you have a standard set of people in the band, and has it changed? How many people have come in and come and gone? Um, I know you got some new additions here as of late, you know, within the past few years or so. But. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I'm so happy with who's in the band right now. Yeah. You know, it, it seems to be a really well put together we just, group. You know, we enjoy each other's company, and, and, you know, everybody's smiling all the time, you know, we, we, which is good. And, you know, it, it, we, we strive to be, you know, I mean, we play covers, you know, we do that, but, but we, you know, I strive to do as much original music as, as possible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it just takes the right folks to do that. Yeah. It just takes the right folks to do that. You know, we have uh, Crystal Halverson singing, and Crystal's an amazing singer. I know you've heard Crystal yeah. sing. <clears throat> she plays um, uh, guitar and banjo. You know, that little um, mandolin thing we have. And uh, that, you know, and adding the, we, when we were recording the CD, the 40 Mile, the uh, Ain't No Devil CD, we needed, a, felt like we needed a female voice on some of the songs. And that's how we met Crystal. Okay. She was introduced to us from the um, studio producer. And prior to that, you were the, the lead singer? The, yeah, it was me. It was okay. just me. I mean, is she considered the lead singer now, or is it just kind of a, a, a dual role for you guys? I say dual. Okay. You know, um, one of the songs that I picked to listen to, uh, we're both singing. And that's my favorite. Yeah. For me, singing. And yeah. I'll sing lead on some, and she'll, you know, she does the harmonies and, and some of the super cool background stuff that she does. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, you know. I guess I'm the lead singer when I'm singing lead, and <laughs> she's the lead singer when she's singing lead. Right. But we like to split it up, and the CD is full of splitting it up. Right. And I feel like that's the way a lot of good bands do it, right? I mean, there's not just a lead singer, but that can be good too, I guess. But there's a lot of bands out there that, that kind of share those roles. And, uh, you know, somebody will pick a song and they play it, and somebody else picks another song and they, they sing on it. But well, what I found is... As long it, as I can sing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a difference. Or play the guitar. But but it, what I found, though, it, it stretches the possibility of what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 
if you've got a person here with this range and then someone with that range, then it really expands what you can do. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And this is a full CD, not an EP. This is a full CD. How many songs are on there? Uh, there's 12 on here. Nice. Um, and I just want to acknowledge the rest of the guys. Mike Sparks on guitar. Mike is really super cool guy, great guitar player. I know you've heard his. He's yep. just such a talented, tasteful guitar player. Yeah. Really good. One of the best guitar players I've ever played with, honestly. Probably the best. Mike is a super cool guy to hang with. Yeah. Um, you know, Somerville uh, local and favorite, Scott Tucker's on drums with us. And, uh, you know, Scott. Uh, you know, it, uh, with the Americana vibe, there's a definite kind of rhythm section thing that has to go on there. You know, sure. It's not uh, Led Zeppelin kind of thing happening. And Scott is really, really good with that. And then our I mean, the drummer keeps the time, right? For drummer, the most part. Drummer keeps the time. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, when you're dealing with a singer-songwriter like myself, can be a challenge. You know, when you're up there with yourself just playing the guitar, you can kind of go anywhere you want with the, you know, you can slow it down. You know, watch Fleming or whoever's at, at Homegrown. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you'll see you can, there's a lot of flexibility in how you present a tune that way. But when you're playing with a band, you know, you got to have, everyone's got to be on the same beat at the same time. I think Scott's really good at that. Yeah. And our bass player, uh, John Alwater. Uh, is a super, super good bass player. Really enjoy playing with John. And uh, we have Ellie Jose on fiddle. She's the newest 40-miler. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if I've seen her yet. She was, she's been with us at the past couple of uh, uh, coastal shows. Okay. Yeah, I've never been to those because they're all nice at our work. So. She'll be with us um, <clears throat> Saturday night. Okay. So how many Yeah, how many pieces are coming Saturday? And we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. Of course. But, yeah. Um, so you just want to dive right into it? Studio 117? Studio 117. We're so <laughs> excited about this show. You know, don't get many listening room opportunities, and um, um, really glad to be part of it. Saturday night, um, what, 7.30? Um, yeah, they keep varying. You know, Fleming yeah. is... If you want to see, come really at 7.30. Early, but yeah, 7.30, <laughs> I would say get there for sure. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have... Um, well... How many pieces? Are you going to have all five people there? Or six people now, I guess, right? Yeah, no, we're going to kind of cut it down a little bit. Um, we have, um, we're going to have myself, uh, I'll be there for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, Mike uh, Sparks will be there, uh, Crystal, and uh, we'll have Ellie. And on an acoustic show, we have a fellow that does some acoustic gigs with us uh, named Arnold Gottlieb. Arnold plays a really nice uh, stand-up bass. Okay. You know, so I thought that would fit the vibe of that room. So that's what we're going to do. Okay. Arnold. Uh, so no percussion, but no you'll, you'll have the bass to kind of fill that space. Well, we've I got guess. a little uh, kick pedal, a floor pedal tom thing that Chris that's uses. That's right. I've seen that for you. And, um, um, you know, some um, tasty tambourine work and stuff like that. We'll probably have some of that. But um, Arnold's going to be on stand up bass. Arnold's uh, a really fine uh, bass player. You know, he comes from the Northeast. Arnold plays in all those Broadway bands and Broadway shows and stuff like that. Right. So, you know, if you want to hear some stand-up bass playing, come here, Arnold. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'll be the first time I've seen that, too, so I'm excited for that. Mm -hmm. Arnold's on the, appears on the CD. Okay. And um, we're going to have uh, Chance and Circumstance will be opening up, opening up for you guys. Yeah, yeah, we've really connected with those guys uh, here. Uh, uh, C.K. Chance is the... Um, uh, lady there and a uh, great singer and those guys write their own material too right and uh jig wiggler uh 
uh, who uh, is uh, plays guitar and sings keyboards and stuff like that. Really got some nice original stuff. And uh, well, they just started doing that because you know a year ago um, they had reached out to me to see if they could come on the show. And at the time they were just doing covers. And I said, "Do you have any original music?" And they said, "No." Uh -huh. And at the time we were kind of afraid to to let people come in and play cover tunes. We didn't know what the implications were for that. And you know, we're not making any money on this podcast. It doesn't make a difference. They can't sue us for making money off of somebody's licensing, yeah, yeah, music or whatever. So, but yeah, they're going to be coming in sometime in the near future, hopefully yeah. in September or something, to to sit down and maybe play some tunes for me here in the studio. Yeah, so, it's it's a treat. So I'm I, looking forward to it. I can't wait to you know, I, actually, Jig and I have been doing some writing together, and uh, you know, so you might hear some of this stuff in the future anyway that we're writing together right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Any plans on to collaborate at all during the show this Saturday, or are just going to do separate, two um, separate things? You know, we, we we talked about it. You know, we, we want to mm -hmm. uh, put something out there when it's ready to be heard, you know, so probably not. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, 7.30 to, I don't know, 10.30-ish, I guess, is what we normally run. 8 to 10 is kind of the time frame, but usually people start a little early and, and leave a little late, so... It's going to be a good time. Um, you can get your tickets at bummerville.com oh. or you can get them at the door there at Homegrown Brew House. So, good, good. Yeah. Well, y'all come. I mean, come here to the show. I mean, it's come here, Chance and Circumstance, and then 40 Mile Detour will be after that. Yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. Well, going back to um, to you guys, 40 Miles. So when you write a song, so you're, you're the main songwriter for the for the band or does I everybody have... kind of pitch in? So, you know, the um, I'm the... I guess you would say principal songwriter, you know, but uh, generally the way it works is I put together a skeleton of, of like the, I think, again, one of the tunes you have there following you south. Right. We'll play a couple of them here. Okay. That's a good example of that, where I will basically come up with a chord progression and a lyrics, you know, kind of thing like that. And then everybody then kind of send it on to everyone. Hey, Mike, what can you do with this? You know, or Crystal, what kind of, what do you hear in harmony-wise on this? Right. And that was going to be my question. I mean, you sit there just with an acoustic guitar and kind of hum these things out to yourself. And then you send them around to everybody on an MP3 file or something. Yeah. Is everybody in the room? And how, how does the magic happen? Usually like that. Usually, usually uh, I'll record my stuff in a, in a, like a garage band program. If I have an idea for a bass line, I might put it on there. If I have an idea for a guitar riff, I might put it on there. But and so I record that as an MP3, you know, Dropbox it and then send it off to everyone. And then, you know, at whatever rehearsal comes up, you know, we kind of have an itinerary for the rehearsal. And then um, everyone kind of brings their ideas and we just kind of see what flies. You know, and we play, we play, <clears throat> we play live a lot. You know, we, we play out a lot. Yeah. So what ends up happening is these songs kind of grow as you play them. I would doubt that they come out the same, uh, you know, when you're rehearsing it for the first time as a band in the band room versus the way it's going to sound Friday Saturday night. Right. So when you get a CD version of this song, it might have had 30 changes. Totally. Yeah. Exactly right. They, they just grow. I mean, you can't, you know, these songs don't. In my view, these songs don't really live until you play them out. Because, you know, sometimes a little magic happens. You know, Mike will just, you know, end up with a lick just doing his impro improvising. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I like that. Just keep that. And he records every show, every song. You know, so it's... Yeah, like, seeing him, he's got a little, yeah. little tiny little player. Every whatever. show, every song. Yeah. You know, and if something kind of magic happens there, then we can recall it and we'll just do it again and again when we get to 
this. And that's what, uh, you know, I guess you could say the song is written when you write the chords down and sing it and decide on what the final lyrics are going to be. Yeah. But they end up here after playing them out a lot. And some don't make the cut. And you guys, do you just go to your house and practice these things, or do you have a studio that you go to? I mean, where do you go? It kind of depends. I mean, we um, we uh, recorded the CD with Omar Cologne over in Fairweather Studio and uh, over on James Island. Okay. And uh, I really enjoyed having our rehearsals in his rehearsal space over there. Yeah. You know, he sets up the full uh, uh, PA for us. He can play as long as we want, you know, things in that, and, and record the whole thing. Right. You know, so that or, uh, you know, we can rehearse at the house sometimes. Do yeah. you have a studio set up in your house? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. You got, uh, you're picking your house here in Nexton with the plans of putting I'm a studio gonna, in there? I, I, I hope so. I hope, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I just need a little room for the guitars to live, you know. Right. Um, but uh, we enjoy doing our, um, our uh, rehearsals. Full band rehearsals. You know, sometimes we'll rehearse. Um, you know, we'll maybe we'll just rehearse as the rhythm section, where if I have new tunes or stuff we're learning, I'll just rehearse with John and Scott. You know, and we kind of have that part of it rehearsing, and then prior to a full band rehearsal, you know, kind of work some stuff out that way, where not everybody has to be in the same room at the same time. Yeah, and I see that a lot, right? I mean, has it always been that way? Or did everybody used to always get together? It seems like everybody records their sections separately. Like for your CD, do you, do you get in a room and you're all together doing it? Or is there the drummers in a separate room and the guitarist is in this other room? How do you do it? Some of it is uh, some of it is tracked and some of it is live. Okay, so that's the difference. Tracked is where you're all separate? That, that's the term I'm going to use for, for maybe we've laid down a basic drum, bass, and uh, acoustic guitar track. <clears throat> and then lead guitar, keys, whatever will come in after that and record it separately, or vocals, yeah. versus live, where everyone is playing at the same time, right in the studio at the same time. Is one better than the other? One harder than the other? I mean, what, what do you prefer? Well, the, the thing about tracking is that you can you can do your takes over and over again. You can do your little parts if you want. Sure. Usually when you're playing it live, you're going to have to play it from beginning to end numerous times to get the right kind of cut because you're not usually when you're playing it live unless you're listening to a click track or a timer you're not it, it's going to be hard to edit those things you know versus doing tracking where you can you're listening to a click track that doesn't vary in, in speed well okay but um uh actually some of my favorite tunes on this cd were recorded live yeah. and we have videos of those on our youtube channel by the way 40 mile detour youtube channel okay yeah, yeah. Some of the live, actually, some of those videos uh, we made when we were recording some of the tunes on the CD live, okay. and those I think I have to say are my favorite ones. Yeah. And uh, the YouTube channel—it's just a lot of that stuff. I mean, a lot of studio stuff, a lot of uh, mishaps, comedy. I mean, what what are we going to see on your YouTube channel? Uh, you're going to see um, you're going to see the studio live recordings, you're going to see a bunch of live 40 mile detour performances. My wife Ellen does all the <coughs> video, most 99% of the videotaping yeah. uh, and editing. She's a great photographer. She does all the photography for the website. Um, Ellen's a really good photographer. She won the Toledo photography contest one year. Nice. Yeah, so she kind of, she kind of knows what 
Yeah. And um, that's that's good to have in the back pocket. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, so the video, it's really a mixed bag of stuff. You know, there's some cell phone videos and some good ones. Um, we're gonna have a buddy of mine, Ryan Jones, who uh, Ryan's a great videographer, works a lot with ESPN, and uh, he's in town this weekend. He's gonna come video Studio One Seventeen for us. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll have something to show people, and you'll have something. You know, you guys will have something you can show. You know what the vibe of one seventeen is like. Right. Yeah. No, Brian. I mean, amazing. Brian. Yeah, he's. He'll come with a wide-angle camera. He'll be out of the. You know, sit there back of the room and get some good stuff. He right. did some of the. We did a show at the um, <clears throat> Queen Street Playhouse uh, with the All Indoor Green, and uh, he recorded that. It came out really good. Yeah. You know, we talked earlier about connections and all these kind of things and how everything kind of gels together. I mean, that's kind of what makes this whole scene, you know, that we're trying to create in Somerville happen. You know, it's you guys coming in, photographers coming in. I mean, all these people promoting and cross-promoting and doing all these mm-hmm. different things. So that's awesome. It's community. Good. appreciate you bringing it in. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. Um, and speaking of uh, locations and stuff, I just saw this today as I was going to bring it up. But I know I've seen you a couple times over there, Bowties. Uh, it seems to be a place that you guys like to play quite often. But I, did I just see something? They just sold the place? Bowtie's closed. It's closed, so yeah. it's not even open anymore. It's no longer open. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good gig for you guys. You know, when one door closes, another opens. That's true. Yeah. yeah. TV 117. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, we played there regular about two years. Yeah. You know. It was a cool spot. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, you know, and... Um, you know, it, uh, people, uh, you know, stuff comes and goes, man. It's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. It comes and goes quite often. You know, we're lucky. I say we, you know, homegrown brew house, we just celebrated six years. We're lucky to have yeah. stood the test of time there in the square because we see businesses come and go and you, all day long. Yeah. And you've seen the people that have supported you. Yeah. Right. And, and, and we feel that way about the Bowties group. Yeah. You know, we played there almost every other Saturday for almost two years. Right. You know, and that kind of the the that kind of got the core of the band really tight, I think. Yeah. And you know, let us stretch out and do some stuff. You know. Right. Well, that's unfortunate. It'll open to something else, and you know. Yeah, it'll be, be somewhere, somewhere else. else to hang out. Let's um. You know, we've talked about the CD. We've talked about some of the songs. Um, I know normally we do you know some live performance in here, but you made a suggestion. Hey, let's uh, just kind of promote some of the MP3s off the album. Because you want to promote the album, so that's what we're going to do. Yeah. What I plan on doing is, you know, putting maybe a, a song on the intro of this this podcast, like the actual MP3, uh, bring it up, maybe put one as the outro and have a song on each end of it. But what I'd like to do is maybe just play a little snippet of a couple of these songs and maybe do kind of like a singer, songwriter, storyteller type thing. Maybe you can tell me how that song came about or okay. how, how you wrote that song or what the inspiration or whatever was for it. Awesome. That sound good? Yeah. I wanted to, while we're talking about the CD, I wanted to, if I, if you, if you don't mind, there's a couple of people I definitely this wanted is to your show. thank. Oh, yeah. So I mentioned Omar Colon over there in Fairweather. Great, great studio. Great. And Omar, James Island, you said? It's in James Island, okay. all the way out towards Folly. And uh, Omar is a uh, uh, killer drummer. And actually, he appears on one of these tracks and actually sings on one track also. Okay. But uh, we have a uh, we record on the Spectrum Music Group label, so I wanted to thank the Spectrum Music Group for their uh, support on all this. Where are they out of? They're really all over LA, okay. New York, Charleston. There's an office here. Okay. You know, so uh, great, great bunch of people. Wanted to thank them. 
And uh, a couple of, uh, I want to mention, <clears throat> I've already mentioned the band. One individual in particular I want to mention that appears on the CD, Daniel Walker. I don't know if I've got him on any of the tracks that we picked. Daniel is a uh, touring um, um, uh, keyboard player, an accordion player. And actually, we met Daniel on one of the Kayamo cruises. He was there playing with uh, a band. I forget who he was playing there with. On this cruise, they have these contests for the uh, for the cruisers, okay? And where where the cruisers? You mean the people that are just there on the boat? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The the the, the boat is a charter, so everyone that's there is either an artist. You know, they have people like uh, Steve Earle, John Prine, Bruce Hornsby, Ricky Skaggs, a lot of other cool people. Mm -hmm. Actually, some of the people, Brian, that we, we brought in folks from Lyle Lovett's band to do house concerts in our home over in West Ashley. It's just how all that works, you yeah. know. So, one year we uh, we actually won the open mic uh, original song contest on the cruise, mm -hmm. which was really, really a cool, a cool thing to have happen, you yeah. know. And uh, as a result of that, we got our own set on the ship. And uh, um, we had met this guy, Daniel. You know, these artists, Steve Earle, you know, you can see him in the gym right there on the boat, you know. So you get really to interact with these people. So this guy, Daniel, was just someone we kept seeing online at the buffet. And, you know, Ellen never met a stranger, and we just got to know this guy. And he actually ended up sitting in with us on our set on the ship, you know, on accordion, which right. was so much fun. We were recording the CD, and I knew that I wanted to have, I needed an organ player, you know, B3, having a B3 player, an accordion player. And I noticed just by happenstance that he was going to be in town playing at the uh, Charleston Music Hall with Ann Wilson of Clark. Mm -hmm. And actually, he's touring with Clark right now. Very nice. Yeah, cool guy. So Daniel, uh, we worked it all out, and they came into town <clears throat> when he was here with Ann Wilson. He came to the studio and recorded it. Nice. Yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. And he, you know, now he's up there playing his part. So come back, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and that's just just how it is. Yeah. Before we get into some of these tunes, any we're back to the boat again. So any any cool stories or mishaps on the boat that you can talk about? I mean, what's what's something you can bring up that uh, <laughs> was pretty crazy, pretty oh, wild? Oh, man, man. There's probably many stories, I'm well, sure. Well, the first night, and this was the first show of the first night. You know, they have all they have venues of all kind of different sizes there. You know, it's a big stage, little stage, little, you know, bar type thing. Sure. There... The, this, you know, and I say this band from the 80s or 90s because I never followed them. Collective Soul. Okay. You know. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So one of the artists on the boat was uh, Ed Rowland. Ed Rowland's one of the brothers who founded Collective Soul, and he was there as a uh, solo artist. You know, so he was doing an acoustic set. Yeah. Got 200 people in the room. The video of this is somewhere on the internet. <laughs> So, um, um, halfway through his set, you know, he's a rocker, you know, he's not really an acoustic guitar player, he's a talented musician, but 
halfway through the set, he said, anyone out there in the audience, he said, anyone out there in the audience want to come up and play guitar with me? And I didn't know any of his songs or anything. Nobody raised their hand. So he's like, come on, someone out there has to want to come up here and play guitar with me. This was the first night of this cruise, four yeah. years ago. So I raised my hand. And I'm like, okay, well, come on up. you know. And he's like, well, do you know any of my songs? I don't even really know who the guy is, actually. Right. So uh, that was slightly embarrassing. I just kind of raised my hand before I thought. And then he showed me this song. It's called December. You've heard it a thousand times. Yeah. On the radio, probably mm-hmm. in the dentist office. Yeah. Elevator. It's called December. If you play a little track of it, everyone's heard heard it. So he showed me how to do this little riff, and uh, you know, I caught on to it immediately because I recognized the song. Like, okay, I know this too. Right. And it was just, uh, I mean, that was a blast. So got to interact with Ed Rowland that way. Fast forward a couple of years, he came to town to do another solo show downtown, and Ellen and I went. You know, and we we, you know kind of sought him out there, uh, had a little meet and greet or something like that, and uh, you know, got to talk to him, which is a few, a few years later, and he brought me up on stage yeah. to play that song with him in front of all the hometown crowd. Awesome. Yeah, but there's, you know, you get to meet people like Steve Earle, and I did a little songwriting mentoring with Steve Earle and stuff like that, and just, uh, it was a cool experience. So that Kayamo is really, really the heart of my songwriting situation. Nice. All right, all right. So we're back. You guys won't know. We had to take a small break here, but so we're back on. Um, we're gonna do two songs, I guess. We decided. Sure. We'll do two songs. I'm just gonna play them um, just right here over the mic. And uh, what I'd like to do is just play a little snippet, and then I'd like to hear your backstory, kind of a storyteller type, D1 okay. storytellers, you sure. know, whatever. Yeah. Give me the uh, input on how that song came about and um, what it means to you, whatever. Okay. What do you want to say about it? Which one do you want to start with? Uh, how about Pour Me a Strong One? All right, let's do that one. So, let's see here. Oh, come on. Oh, you know what it is? Hold on. I've still got my earbud on over here. That's why it's playing through my earbud and not through my phone. Oh. Technical difficulties. Technology, guys. man. Yeah, let's uh, disconnect that earbud. And let's try again. Take two.
I love that song, by the way. It's a great song. Yeah, for me a strong one. Yeah. Play me an old country song. So let's hear about it. Well, you know, like I said, um, uh, we, you know, we do shows different places, play a lot of cover tunes. And, Jeez, um, yeah, good. <laughs> and um, uh, we do a couple of uh, Johnny Cash songs, but I don't know what it was, but <clears throat> we were just going through a streak and everybody was asking for Johnny Cash. You know, I, maybe the way we look, what we play, you know, guitar, whatever. And people were just asking, maybe it was the male-female singer thing going on there or whatever, but we just somehow, it seemed like people... Wherever we were playing, we're asking for Johnny Cash. Yeah. And, you know, we knew a couple of tunes. You know, we played Folsom Prison, you know, pretty much like everyone else. So what I decided to do was, well, we don't know that many Johnny Cash songs. I'm going to write a song that's got some Johnny Cash references in it. Okay. And that's how that song came about. Excellent. So the line is, uh, uh, dust off them Johnny Cash records. It's a fine line that I'm walking on. And then in the uh, in the bridge, I can hear a train coming, rolling around the bend. Mm-hmm. Uh, something it's hard to think of out of context, but yeah. so so the idea of the song was, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some Johnny Cash references into a song and see if that doesn't fly. Right. All these songs, except for me, a strong one, were written by myself. This for me, a strong one's written by myself and my wife Ellen. Okay. I was sitting in the studio, you know. Um, making some notes about this song. I had the For Me a Strong One idea and I had the, the Johnny Cash line. And uh, she had come in to ask me to honeydew something around the house. You know, and my way out of, I guess, changing air filters or whatever it was. You know what? Why don't you just sit down and help me write this song? Let's see how easy this is. And then, yeah. you know, 90 minutes later, we had the song. So she gets credit on the CD for that. Excellent. How, how often does that happen where you all co-write something together? That's about part. as often as I change air filters. <laughs> so, so this is very rare. This is it, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I guess. It's very cool. And that's kind of why I, I wanted to do that and kind of hear the story behind it because yeah. to me, that makes the song so much better. I, I love that VH1 Storytellers when they used oh, to yeah. do that back in the day. It makes you appreciate the song and, and the, the story so much better. Well, there's know? some foundation there, you know, and that, yeah. you know, the best songs are, are that that there's something going on there you know yeah. and it's weird the, the weird thing is you know everybody gets in their own head what they think the song is about that's all right and then once you hear the story you're like oh that's what it's about yeah well it's everyone's going to don't mesh that's right know? well everyone's going to tell their story except Bob Dylan yeah um but you know think about that when I think about what you're saying that somehow maybe it's in a spiritual way but somehow when a song has and I'm not talking about for me a strong one but but when a song has some foundation to it, something substantial where it came from, somehow it resonates with people. You know, and, and when I think of that concept, I think about a song like The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. You know, that's a pretty powerful song. Yeah. They're pretty much, I mean, if you were even remotely alive, then, you, you know, everybody knows that song. He had to have spent a ton of time researching The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald and learning about it putting little references here and there into the song about it, you know, versus just, oh yeah, there's a song about a boat that sank, you know. Right. So yeah, they all have, they all come from somewhere, you know, even if it's a little, little bit, you know, like boots. 
Right. Boots had a had a very specific uh, inspiration in them. Very cool. I love it. I love it. Before we get into the next one, though, I want to ask you about because every time I go see you guys, I always ask for you to play this song, uh, "Whiskey, Cigarettes, and Gasoline." Oh yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that song. Why do you not play it that often? Uh-huh. Is it on a CD anywhere? I mean, what's the no. story on that song? Whiskey, cigarettes, and gasoline. So there's a a character named Reba who travels through a lot of uh, my songs. Okay. Right now there's three of them. So there's kind of a storyline, you know, so I decided that I kind of needed like a mascot or something. You know. Anyway, so there's just three songs that revolve around this character named Rita. Mm-hmm. And Whiskey, Cigarettes, and Gasoline is one of the songs. Okay. Um, um, that's on our set list Saturday night, okay. actually. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, sitting here, it's hard to. Uh, I'm thinking of the lyrics that might point out where Rita is in the song, but it, she doesn't appear by name. In one of our songs, she does. But you sit here, try to think about the lyrics out of context. It's hard. Yeah, I, I, go, I can't. Is. You know, give me a where's you got a guitar here somewhere. But, right. But um, um, yeah, yeah, she's a redhead from from Georgia. Okay. Very cool. And I'll link that because uh, I think it's on YouTube, right? Yeah, I've seen one YouTube somewhere. It's on YouTube. Uh, probably a live version of it. Yeah. But um, I imagine that we'll record. That yeah, I'll record that song because it um, uh, musically it's interesting too because it has you know unlike uh, a lot of our things it has some interesting time changes. Yeah, it's it. got some progressions like some different levels or something to it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's a little different than, you know, kind of what we do normally, but it, it, it has, in, in my unbiased opinion, has some interesting twist to it musically that, that uh, I like to hear. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. I just want to interject with that one. It's, yeah. It's one of my favorites. But. Yeah. The um, other two songs that Rita appears in, by the way, are, um, Hell's, uh, or is called uh, Hell Bent and Half Spent. Um, a crooked smile, she said. They call me Rita. She's in Hell Bent Half Spent, and also uh, there's another tune which we also have on the set list Saturday night called Hell's Freezing Over. Okay. She appears in that song also. All right. Okay. <laughs> Let's go on to the next one. So this one's called uh, Following You South. Yeah. So yeah. we'll play a little snippet of this, and you can tell us a little bit about it. Here we go. This is Crystal singing lead on this one. Right. There's a network that mess with me. That song froze your phone up. It did. It was so good. Um, the, the CD releases August 23rd. August 23rd. So available wherever you can find music. All right. Here we go.
You know, I wish there was one. It really started with the the riff. If you the um, the, the little riff that you hear there, mm-hmm. it's just noodling around on the uh, mandolin. Yeah. And um, uh, that that little riff right there. And uh, it just kind of happened the riff. So one of the things that I do to kind of uh, keep ideas. I keep a notebook with uh, just ideas, you know, that pop up, you know, that don't really have any specific song they belong to or anything like that. Yeah. And um, uh, and they're just lines. They could be titles or ideas or lines, things people say that you overhear and write down real fast. And one of the lines that among many that are in this idea collection was uh, the dirt down here in Mexico feels right on my skin. And, and I just put that together with that riff, and the, the rest of the song just came from that. Right. Okay. It's a very cool tune. And I mean, her voice is just fabulous. And, and the lyrics are great. I mean, it reminds me kind of like, a, I don't know, a Sammy Hagar, you know, Cabo Wabo song, or yeah. a, a Jimmy Buffett. I yeah, mean, all those kind vibe. of island feel to it, you know. Yeah, well, you hear the little percussion sound in the background. It kind of has that. You know, Jimmy, hey, it can't be wrong, it can't be bad to sound like a Jimmy Buffett song, right? Right. If you're out there, Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you need to listen to Craft Conversation. Right, we'll tag him and see what he does. That's see if right. he comes play Studio 117. That's yeah. right, that's right. All right. Well, that was about, hell, I mean, we've, we've done a lot. What time do we have here? We're at, uh, I don't know, we can close, closing in on an hour. So you're, you're going to be out there Saturday night, right? Yeah, I'll be there soon. Okay. Night, sure. Yeah, so we're really looking forward to it. And again, I wanted to acknowledge the 40 Mile Detour band members, Crystal on vocals, Mike, guitar, yeah. Mike Sparks, Crystal Halverson, um, uh, uh, Ellie Jose, newest 40 Miler on uh, fiddle. Ellie's great. They're all great. John Alwater on bass and um, uh, Scott Tucker on drums. And this, the CD has a bunch of different. Uh, uh, artists that appear on here, as everyone is listed on here. Um, on For Me a Strong One, the pedal steel is a fantastic pedal steel player named Phil Easterbrook from Nashville. Mm-hmm. Again, someone we met as a result of the cruise, and that was actually done remotely. We sent the tracks to him. He recorded it on his in his studio in Nashville. Yeah. Sent it back to us, and Omar mixed it. Wow. You know, if you listen to the whole tune. There's an interesting part in there where he, what, what he did, what, actually what Phil did was recorded a bunch of different stuff that we could pick from. Right. And then Omar sort of put it all together. There's a really cool place in there where he weaves the, the steel guitar part in with the electric guitar part. You'd think the people were in the same room. Right. It's just amazing you can do that nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice to have everybody in the same room, obviously, yeah. but to be able to do that remotely with the technology is just... Well, it expands, you know, who you can involve in the project. You know, it really adds a little something to it. Yeah. And then finally, I wanted to acknowledge the um, Shiloh Seventh-day Adventist Church Choir. There's a tune on here called uh, Rise Up on Wings that was um, uh, written for a guy who used who passed away named Rocky who lived here in uh, Somerville. 
And uh, anyway, listen to Rise Up on Wings, but we went to the um, Seventh-day Adventist Church, uh, and uh, the choir sings on that song. We actually recorded their part in their church, in their church uh, sanctuary. Mm-hmm. You know, microphones all over the place. I mean, these ladies can sing. Yeah. It's really powerful. It's, it's a uplifting kind of song. We play it at Coastal sometimes. Yeah. And actually, it's on our set list for uh, Saturday night, actually. Okay. But do you have like 20 tickets left for the Shiloh Choir people to come? <laughs> we probably could squeeze them in. Yeah. We did a show downtown at Gage Hall uh, for the um, Gage Hall Coffee House down there on Archdale Street. It's a, a great uh, music venue. Mm-hmm. And we did that song, and we actually brought the choir in with us to do it. Yeah. And uh, it, it just raved the roof. It's like Fleming, see what you can do. Yeah, right. He's, he's the ticket guy. Yeah, he's, but um, but yeah. So we're really proud of it, and I'm so thankful that you gave me this opportunity to come talk about no, it. It's it's my honor. I've been trying to get you in here forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just I'm speed, glad we could finally do it. We speed down 61, and here we are. <laughs> here we are. We even started early. Yeah, I like it. Cool. Well, let's wrap it up. I guess we're gonna get down and try and see some of the. The third Thursday stuff down in the square, I think, right? That's I, what I might do is. that. Yeah, I might uh, kick around there, see what's going on at Homegrown Brew House. Yeah, Ron Gill's playing there tonight. Okay. So it, uh, you know, I don't know who, yeah. who else is going to sit in, maybe. but yeah. uh, So we got Studio 117 coming up this Saturday, August 17th, from uh, 7.30 to 10.30-ish. Who knows when it might end. Uh, the party might go on forever. <laughs> we uh, Maybe we might have the choir in but there. But the road never ends. Right? The road never ends. We got the CD release August 23rd, you said? Yeah. Spectrum Music Group label. Right. Thank so, you, guys. Uh, look forward to that. That'll be out on all the platforms, Spotify and all those things, too. Or you just buy it on CD. I mean, what's going to happen with you can, that? You can, you can go to the Spectrum Music Group, Spectrum Music Group, SpectrumMusicGroup.com website if you want a hard copy. Or we're going to have them, for, we're going to have them Saturday night. Okay. So we'll have these so Friday, Saturday night for you. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Get them, get them before everybody else. Get it while them. it's hot. And then, you know, iTunes, everything. So this the, the label's going to have it all out. So and in fact, it's available for pre-sale on iTunes right now. Okay. So you can actually buy the CD, get two of the cuts. Actually, um, follow you south, and I can't remember the other one. Anyway, are are available now, and then when the CD actually releases on the twenty third, the rest of it comes to you. Okay. However, that works. You know? Yeah, yeah. You get a couple tracks. That's the way everything is on iTunes. You get a couple tracks up front, and then when it releases, you get the rest yeah. of the album. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I subscribe to iTunes, so I get. That's the way it works with all, all the albums yeah. right now. So. But we're really proud of it, and really thankful of the people that helped put it together. So and, uh, thank you, Brian. Really yeah. appreciate it. Uh, before we go, anything else you want to promote? We promote the CD and the Studio One Seventeen. Anything else you got coming up in the future? Um, you know, we just um, uh, let me. Let's, we just, you know, look, well, I'll tell you what, 40milesdetourmusic.com. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to be doing uh, third Thursday in October, mm-hmm. whenever that is. So I guess it's the third Thursday in October. Yeah. And then um, we're going to be playing um, 4 to 5.30 slot at the uh, Sweet Tea Festival. Okay. And then I think we're going to come do a little acoustic show at Homegrown Brew House on December 14th. Yeah. And that'll be fun. Excellent. Yeah, thank All you. Right. Thank I you. think that about wraps it up, man. Again, I appreciate it, Mark. And we're going to get out and try and listen to some music 
sometimes you might need to get, get some inspiration out there. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Brian. All right, buddy. See we'll you all soon. You. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon, guys. All right. All right. Well, I hope I didn't over promote it. No, that's fantastic. We're talking about here. It was awesome. Huh.